I was so excited for 40, and I love it. Love it. I'm new to the team, but I think I like the players. Welcome to Ladies First with Laura Brown. I'm Laura Brown, Editor-in-Chief of InStyle Magazine, and each week I'm talking to a legendary lady about what she does, how she does it, and what we can learn from her. Uzo Aduba plays a therapist on her new show, and actually she could be all about. Uzo Aduba, guess what? Welcome to Ladies First. Ladies, can I sing that song? Yeah, please ladies do. I need, first, I need a soundtrack. Ladies first. <laughs> you know why you're on Ladies First? You want to know why? I don't know why. Because you're first in what you do. Oh. Breaking news, no one saw anyone for a very, very long time, and you and I haven't seen each other for even longer than that because what, what happens when one is a highly regarded, successful, award-winning actress such as yourself, you work. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I know, I know you're more of a dilettante, but um, you work and you have been working absolutely consistently every so often since Orange is New Black and ascending and ascending and ascending. And oftentimes I've sent you a text and you've been like, oh, I'm in, I'm in here, I'm in there, I'm in Toronto, I'm in LA. I've been in New York and you've been in LA and vice versa. And um, yeah, you have been, you've been busy, but... I want to go back to when we met, and it was 2014, and you and I met because I was just a fan of yours because I watched you on Orange is the New Black, and I've said this to you a million times, but I'll say it again for the benefit of the listeners. That performance was so incredible and a performance that could have, in the in lesser skilled hands, turned into pastiche, turned into something far less than what you made of it. And I remember watching you and just going, oh, God. And every part of your mind and body was alive and in this performance. And I watched you and I thought, shit, she's good. (laughs) And so I asked you to do a photo shoot and I worked um, for Harper's Bazaar at the time and you showed up. And again, this was like mid 2014 and I sort of marched up to you and we're getting you all glammed up and everything. And I, I sort of just said, hi. I love you, you're, uh, Vanny, you're so brilliant, and we're going to be friends now. (laughs) And I was like, okay, cool. But I also got on with you because I thought like, oh my gosh, first of all, I love her energy. You're hilarious also. I was like, this lady knows how to live. She knows how to have a good, fun time. Back at you, I think we could both be described as two cacklers. Well, I think why you've been successful, and it's so funny because in this industry, people have success for all different reasons. Sometimes they know, sometimes they're on Instagram. Your success has come completely from your ability. And that, my girl, is something. So my question is, when did you realize that you had some ability or some command as a performer? Sixth grade. No, and the only reason why I say that is because I really was like, I liked to sing. I guess I would also say that if I'm really reaching back, I remember I liked to entertain, but not in a onstage way. I wasn't, you know, a child actor or any, anything like that at all. I just like to sing a lot and like make jokes and create characters, whatever. And my sixth grade concert choir teacher, Mr. Hersey, may he rest, I was just singing in the choir and I wasn't singing solos or anything. I was just in the choir. And one day after choir, he kept me um, to ask me why I hadn't signed up for the talent show. 
that was happening, like the recital for our show. I remember I said, I don't know any songs. And because everybody who had signed up were all kids who did, you know, like community theater somewhere. And they knew. Yes. 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 Exactly. They knew musicals and things. I didn't know anything like that. I said to him, I don't know any songs. He said, what do you mean you don't know any songs? You don't know any songs. He says, what song do you love? Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You from The Bodyguard was on the radio at the time. And he was like, sing me a little bit of that. And so I sang a little bit of that. And he said, you go home. You tell your mother to get you the sheet music, and that's what you're going to sing in the concert. And I was so nervous. And that's not nothing, that song, dude. I remember singing the song and everybody standing up and applauding and literally thinking to myself in my head, I think I can sing. Like, and I did not know before that moment that I could. What have you more recently sung anything? I ha- no, I don't really. I haven't really. And not even really. I sang a little something in uh, The Wiz Live. But I started a musical, th- like theater and the theater and stuff. But not really. But that was that was the first time I was like, oh, okay. Because then years rolled on. And I won't get the timestamps right. But you went to college and you became a lawyer. Which is so weird now. Thought I was going to. You didn't quite, beca- you didn't start, did you? you didn't no. start working, but you were on that law yes. track. Yes. And, uh, you know, as all award-wing actresses are. And then tell us, because I know I know this story, but remind everyone of that sort of that day, particular day, and you were like, okay, it's this or this. Yeah, so I had been doing theatre in New York. My manager, who I had started working with, was from Hollywood. So from that little town of Hollywood, California, knows how to party. She says to me, have you ever thought about auditioning for film and television? I said, no, I hadn't. I had never thought about it. Um, And she's like, I think it's something you should pursue. So I start pursuing it that summer. And it just was constantly, 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 no, 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 no. And so... I went on this one audition for Orange, didn't hear anything that day. I go for another audition. I'm late, which is like actor taboo. My agents gave me a different address for the studio where the audition was meant to happen. Oh, God. And so then I have to race across town. I'm 20 minutes late for this thing. I remember I go in. I read. I've never done anything on television before this time. And I remember in the audition feeling like they liked my audition. It was the first time I like really felt that way. And I leave and I'm like, okay, that was a great audition. You're not going to get it though, because you were late. And this is God, the universe trying to tell you, this isn't for you. You keep trying to make something happen. That's not going to happen for you. I was like, on the train crying, like, and that kind of cry, you know, we're New Yorkers, we live in New York, you know, the subway, that cry you see, and it's a different kind of cry. Like it's not wailing. It's that time on the train and everybody's trying to give you your privacy on the subway. <laughs> You're trying, trying to leave you alone with your quiet despair. <laughs> yes. yes. And nobody knows what to do. So they're just like, hmm, what's going on in the world of Zillow today? You know, like, like you know, like. That kind of house in South Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hideous. I'm hideous. 
What line of the subway were you crying on? I'm going from Brooklyn all the way back to Queens where I used to live. So I'm on like the E all the way to Queens, like switch. I'm on three transfer trains, right? You were, you were crying and you had to switch? Yes. Oh, yes. The worse. G to the E to the N. It's like, yes. And I'm like, is this an express train or local? You know, <laughs> all of it. So I'm like weeping. And I just said to myself, I was like, I give up. I'm done. I was like, I'm going to find a way to law school and I'm going to go. I wasn't at peace about it, but I was just sort of resolved with it. And I just ordered some sushi. I ordered some wine on the walk home. My sister Chi Chi was going to come over and we were going to hang out. Yep. She's the first person I'm going to tell. It's a Friday, September 14th. I was like 2012. I was like, I'm going to on Monday tell my team I'm out. And then I get home, I get a call an hour later from my agent and manager. And they're like, we have something to tell you. I was like, I'm sure they're calling to tell me, you know, but why were you late? You know, like this, that, and the third. So I'm like, okay, fine, I'll get out of this. And they're like, you remember that audition you went on for Orange is the New Black? And I'm like, uh-huh. And they're like, you remember that part you went out for? And they're like, okay, you didn't get it, but they'd like to offer you another part. And I was like, <clears throat> just like beyond my comprehension. Like, and they said, it'll be for two, possibly three episodes. So my wine and sushi pity party turned into a wine and sushi celebration party with Cheech. It was a famously an ensemble, ensemble cast. But because you have, you have a real command, finally you are the lead and the anchor of a, an exceptionally intense show uh, in treatment, by the way, everybody, on HBO. Congratulations. And you filmed that all the way through the pandemic, really, didn't you? So tell me if there's any way to even sort of scoot in your head from Sad Sushi Night to landing that show and then realising what what a huge deal that was. Was there any reconciling? I mean, of course, you've come so far and you've got all the statues now, but, like, was there still a bit of, like, Oh, younger me might have thought my head might have blown off, you know? For sure. I think starting first with the HBO of it all, like so many shows that I can just rattle off without even like thinking about them that I've loved on that network for forever. You know what I mean? From like Sopranos, my all-time favorite show, The Wire, Sex and the City, you know what I mean? And on and Oz, you know, on and on and on and on and on and on and on. So it's just like, this is a place that I've, not just loved, but also really respected. And I think also to be a part of it in this way, in this time, in something that was definitely going to be a challenge in more more ways than one was really exciting. And yes, it was mind-blowing because when I think back to that day on the train, it didn't even enter my mind. I've always loved to talk to women about ownership and and, and what what you earn through your career and what your equity is. You've got so many awards, like tons. I wonder you had to move to Los Angeles. You need more space. Tell me about what equity you've earned uh, through awards or otherwise and how you make decisions now and what is potentially easier or more challenging with what you, are, you want to work on, are offered or want now. Obviously, there are more people who know who I am than before now since before Orange, right? So it's like... In that regard, opportunities in terms of like 
more jobs come is easier. Is every job one that feels right at the moment? Not always. I think what going through this serves to remind me more than anything is like why I began in the first place. The thing for me in terms of choosing the project, it's like, why did you want to do this to begin with? Always is my barometer. It's not enough just because it's like, oh, that sounds cool. Or like this, it's like, or the money. I did a play once, which I will never forget and will not mention, <laughs> but it's like I did a play once a hundred years ago. It wasn't a lot of money, you know, compared to like now, but I remember I did it for the money and I learned that lesson that we would be on stage actively listening to something that was not good. It was the one time this has ever happened to me. I would be sitting there listening when my scene's done and I'm listening to whatever's happening and I'd be like, do I want to go to the gym after this or in the morning? And I would be like, <laughs> like, but I was like, I think I'm out of ground turkey. Like these would be things I would be thinking. <laughs> you have a very, very succinct eloquence to the way that you have accepted awards. What's your ego like? How much of an ego do you have? A mixed bag, I guess, because it's like, the truth of the matter is I'm an actor. Like we stand on stage waiting for people to do this. So like, it's like, you know, like, to, so to some degree there, it's obviously there while we're always simultaneously like, was it good though? You know what I mean? Like we're <laughs> yeah, yeah. that level. Tell me it was, yeah. Tell me it was, but I don't believe you. You know what I mean? So right, like, right, right, right. You know what I mean? There's like, whatever that mix is, is what I would describe as mine. I definitely keep my family very close. They are ready to be like, uh, who? Your dishes in the kitchen. One of my sisters is coming to visit in a month exactly. My sister Chi-Chi was just out here for Memorial Day weekend. Like, When one of your sisters shows up next time, just be in the middle of having your hair combed out, like when you came on, came on this show. Oh, you, are you kidding? I would get laughed off the stage. Like, Hi, sorry. My glam team's here. You know, it's Tuesday. Off the stage. If my, anyone in my family, if I was doing this, for them, they would come and snatch this wig off. Let's be clear. <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to Ladies First with me, Laura Brown. I'm chatting with Uzo Aduba. Orange may be the new black, but Uzo is just, well, kind of everything. She's one of the most talented actresses that has ever existed. You lost your mom a little bit ago. How did you get through last year, number one, or like day to day? Tell me if you can summarize that and then how you chose to communicate outwardly. First thing, real, real talk, everybody had stuff going on and everybody will always have stuff going on. I think what I for sure had was something to just like 
bring it super sharp into focus for me, which was definitely my mom and definitely that precious time we all were spending with each other. And that reminder of honestly what matters, like actually matters. Even though like it felt like the world was falling down all around us in more ways than one, there was such a gratitude for every day, every day, like really, truly every day. And so that was one part of getting through it, that it's like, I'm glad I get to do this again today. And then realizing what is my voice and my action. And my action does not need to be his action, does not need to be her action, does not need to be their action. But if, it, if I can't sleep and if I know it is the right thing to do, I must take action. And that's really how I govern it. And um, having some, either giving the space to somebody else who knows more than I do on the subject, or if just speaking from my opinion and not an authority, I think is like how I kind of channel it. What did you think was the greatest action you, you took to, to say something? Or the one you're proudest of or, or felt was the most important? So then for me, there were a lot of private conversations, both in the personal and professional space, that I was really proud to be able to help bring into focus what was being said. You're very rational, you know what I mean? But you've always had an, an evenness to you. Explain. Well, <laughs> well, because I think here's what. I, what I know is that like nobody comes to an opinion without believing th- that nobody thinks that they're wrong in the story, myself included. And I, who am I to say that you are? I think what my hope is by explaining to someone my experience, what that looks like or feels like for another person and listening to also yours as well might bring us closer to the middle. I don't know if that's me being a middle child, you know what I mean? Having to like, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, uh, you've got shadow diplomacy since birth, man. I really do think that people have more in common than they don't. And I know that sounds super cheesy to say because it's said all the time, but I really do think that sometimes just the feeling like there are like guns pointing at you is enough to make someone hold their ground, even if they are open to the idea of shifting their position. Right. See, that's a bit like that. Sounds a bit lawyer then. <laughs> you can't help it. It's the, it's lurking in there somewhere. Tell me, you turned you turned forty this year, didn't you? Hey, yes, I did. She grown. She's grown. What did you do for your birthday? COVID. Um, no, I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I went on a drive because I was out you here. Did I was? Who did you yes, go driving with? My best friend. <laughs> your best. Yeah. It's a boy. Anyway. <laughs> What else? I, and I, I actually had a Zoom with all of my best friends and family. That was a surprise, which was great. There was just like a lot of reflecting is how I normally do it. I was so excited for 40 and I love it. Love it. I'm new to the team, but I think I like the players. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I really love it. I was like, I can't wait to turn 40. <laughs> 
I remember being 25 and like, whether it was actors that I would work with or family members who were 40, whatever, friends along the way I've watched are 40, that I was like, there's just something, there's a badassery in there. Do you know what I mean? What does badass mean to you? Badass to me means solid, firm, strong, clear on who you are and unwavering. Badass to me is someone who doesn't think twice about owning all of it. It's just like, this is where I stand. This is my lane. This is what I'm giving. And you're not going to tell me that I should do or be less. Because if you do, I'll throw you in the sea. Yes. Yes. No? That's just me? Anyway, Uzo, what are you, given all, you know, all the success you've had in your to-date public nine-ish year career, seems like longer, doesn't it? Anyway, what are you ambitious for? Mm, First of all, I love that you just used that word. Me too. It's a fave. Love. 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 Tell me why you love it. I love it because I think a lot of times women in particular have been made to feel like they should shy away from that word, like it was dirty and not for them. And that the want to strive, reach, aggressively go for what it is that they dreamt of was a bad thing. And it's not. It's not. Tell me what you're ambitious for. I am ambitious for producing. Because mm-hmm. you're a production company now. I am ambitious for films and leading in those stories. I am ambitious for directing. I am ambitious for philanthropy, particularly in my origin country, Nigeria, and underserved communities here in the States, particularly young kids in the arts who can't access them. This is very, like, what an eight-year-old would ask, but I'll do it anyway. Do you have, like, a dream role? Nina Simone. Oh, you could murder that. That would be cool. Hang on. Do you, have, you, have you said that a lot? I don't think I have said that out loud. Say that again. Not, I'm gonna out, manifest not out loud it. in space. What'd you say? Uzo, I'm, I'm going to manifest it. Who would you like to play? Nina Simone. Ah, oh, universe. You've been told. Oh, my God. You must. Don't tell me. You Nina. must. That can be your singing moment, too. Right. You can get in character as Nina Simone and then sing Whitney Houston. Wouldn't be weird. <laughs> As Nina, played by Uzo. <laughs> if anyone can do it, darling. Could you imagine? What are you creating now? What are you, uh, you know, you work, you do work, you have worked so much. And, um, you know, how do you sort of, not how do you get balance, it's just a poncy um, question, but like, how do you manage your time? That's a really great question, actually. And something that I've only just recently really set A boundary round, I think that honestly came out of 40 as well. The first part of my day is entirely for myself. I wake up and I carve out purposely three and a half hours that are just mine. What time do you wake up? Six o'clock today. So before the workday starts, I wake up, I do a morning meditation where I just go for a walk for about 45 minutes. I'm talking through the things that are just completely unrelated to work, important to me, or that I'm interested in. Me and my dog, Fenway Bark, we go together on the walk. Again, everybody, Fenway Bark. 
then <laughs> then I um, come home, I chill out, rest for like 15, 20 minutes. Then two of my girlfriends from college, we get on the Peloton and we do a ride. We pick a ride and we do a class. And you beat the beep out of them, don't you? We go back and forth. Although today I did beat myself because I am actually a very big like self-motivator. I'm focusing on my own personal best, which is the one that only one that matters. I'm, I beat mine today. <gasps> you beat your PR, PB, whatever the yes. hell it's called. Who's, yeah. your, who's your instructor? Tunde. Tunde. Oh, yeah. She's hardcore. Nigerian. Nigeria. I tell you, Love. these Nigerian girl, girls, top shelf. We're great. Nigerians are, Nigerians are great. We're great girls, great guys, fun people, a fun country, an amazingly good, just delicious food. I need to cook for you some Nigerian food. I'm it's ready. Delicious. But yeah, Tunde, she's the real deal. She's so hard, but she is like such beautiful light. She's such great energy. She's gorgeous. She's fierce. Like she's just like everything you want in that ride to be, you know what I mean? Your obstacles are opportunities, things that she says, like all those things and you're like, yes, they are. I am riding my iron horse. You do two lots of exercise before business hours. Yeah. i just started that. Well, because I, you know what, this is the thing I'm calling it like return to self because I used to work out so much. And that was like, you know, we're talking, you know, like I'm doing the show in treatment and like, I think it's like this time of 40 and this new age and, you know, in this COVID time, I'm really having time now since a big piece of what I was spending COVID is not where my, en my energy is. I've actually now starting to think about how do I spend my time? How do I like to spend my time? I realized for myself that a big release and therapy and form of self-care for me was always exercise and movement. Yeah, and this is funny thing about exercise. I'm not sure if you know it, um, but exercise makes you feel better. A hundred percent. You should write a book. About thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Hang on. What are you working on next? When are you stepping back on set? I'm going to be working in another... Land? Yes. Our friendly neighbors to the north. The train Canada? Yes. Soon in a location not yet disclosed. On a project also not yet disclosed. <laughs> I'll be there for a few months. Like three, three months. She's very itinerant, this Uzo. That's why I'm glad she got a house in Los Angeles, so she has, like, somewhere to hang her hat. Okay, we do this thing. It's called Ten Firsts. Okay, ready? First drink you order. Oh, summer Sauvignon Blanc or Cabernet Sauvignon in the winter. First person you call. Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi. Is Chi-Chi older or younger? I forget. Younger. Year and a half. And she's a saucy one. Oh, yeah. And she, are you the first person she calls? Probably. Probably. We text and my both my sisters, to be honest with you, we have a thread. All my siblings and I do. There are five of us, two boys, three girls. But the girls, the sisters also have a separate thread. And we text throughout the day. All day. Have you seen Natasha Leon lately? You seen her? Physically, no. The last time I saw her was when she was here in LA, which was February. But I FaceTime with her. Proper biz. These two. I mean, when is your freaking buddy comedy or something? <laughs> I know. Okay. First joke you remember. My best friend, Simi, from my hometown, uh, told this to me and I love it. We've been friends since 13. 
how many hipsters does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? Oh, uh, it's a really obscure number. You've probably never heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, first fashion splurge. First and most recent fashion splurge. First fashion splurge. I bought, when I came in series regular on orange, I bought a pair, and I still have them, a pair of Manolo Blahniks. Color? Blue suede. Blue suede shoes. How'd you feel when you you first put on those blue suede shoes? Like, wow, this is crazy. Okay, first time you owned your shit. 32. What happened? With a friend who had hurt. And I didn't even know I had. But she told me, and then as I thought about it, I was like, you know what? You're right. Well, that takes a lot, especially if you're kind of going through life thinking you're being infallible and you're working and everything else and you're, and you're a good person. Okay, first date. First date? Uh, 22. It was my first date. I want to say it was Dallas Barbecue. We used to go, it was the chicken hot sticky wings that had like all this like honey. They were like truly get all over your fingers. First thing you turn on TV? Real Housewives. Which city? Any one of them. I watch them all. <laughs> Whichever one's play. Or, or swinging the pendulum all the way the other way, BBC World. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least you're never confused as to which channel you're on. <laughs> These are like BBC World, CNN, Real Housewives. This is like the range I go between. This is it. This is me. This is my lexicon. Okay. First thing you do or eat if you're stressed out? Potato chips. And if it's a breakup, go for a run. If not, take a nap. Huh. This is good advice. Okay, first car you bought, or what is the car you bought in LA? <laughs> a Range Rover. <gasps> nice color. Blue, a deep blue, a dark. Like a deep, deep navy blue? Yes. So you're not driving around one of those iPad cars like everybody else? What's an iPad car? A Tesla. Oh, no, I don't drive. <laughs> no, no, no. 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 <laughs> if you get in a Tesla, I'm coming over. No. I'm going to be like, so you've gone, man. We've lost you because you've moved to LA now. Who knows what's going to happen to you? You're going to become an influencer. Oh, God. (laughs) Finally, when you get some time to yourself, because look, I know a lot of us have delayed things in our life and everything, you know, in COVID and have had sufferings and all of that. But what will you do when you really have a clear field ahead of you to be able to go wherever you want? Answer to this question's easy. My sisters and I are going to go on a sister trip. This might be news to you, Chi-Chi, because Oni and I have discussed it. You're going to have to get on a... <laughs> As you listen, <laughs> you're coming. No, she knows we're going on the trip, but we've also discussed going uh, to Rome and Egypt. Can you imagine like sitting on like either the Nile or the Red Sea or something and going to see the pyramids and all of this? I mean, the pyramids in Rome are really incredible. Yes. <laughs> the, the Colosseum. What a pyramid. The Colosseum in, 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 in Egypt. Wow, it's nuts. Well, I wish that for you. And honestly, um, I am your greatest admirer. I'm glad that when I insisted that we be friends, you didn't call someone and <laughs> take me away. And, uh, and here you are. I'm, just, I'm so, I'm so, I can say I'm proud because I'm older than you. Everything you've achieved so far, 
all those little statues, but more than that, just like the pride in, in your work and the fulsomeness that you get from what you do. And I can see that in your face all the time. And I can see that on screen as well. And if you don't go play Nina Simone in the bloody hot <laughs> minute, thank it's you. a crime. So thank you for doing Ladies First. Please. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you being such an awesome lady. Thanks for joining me and Uzo Aduba this week. Join me next week when I'll be hanging out with the inimitable Tommy Dorfman. This has been Ladies First with Laura Brown. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us so you don't miss an episode. And we love your feedback. If you could please rate us and leave us a review and make me feel loved, that'd be great. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Matt Sav, Danielle Roth, Anne Ford, Anne Kane, and Andy Bosnack. And thanks to Brian Anstey, Molly Stout, and Haley Mason at InStyle. You can find out more at InStyle.com. Find us on Instagram at InStyle Magazine, on Twitter at InStyle, and you can find me on Insta and Twitter at LauraBrand99. See you next week for more Ladies First with me, LB.